Amen. Well, welcome to church. Church has already happened. I don't even think I need to bring a message. Worship was so strong. Alexandra led us into that so well. And I want you to know, if you're in the room or if you're watching online, we love you. We love you. I'm super honored to be the one bringing week two of our series, Questionable Faith. Every week of this series, we're going to look at a challenge in life. And here's the deal. Uh, We're going to keep it real. Uh, In the next 30 minutes or so, we're not going to play church. Uh, We're not going to fake it till we make it. We're going to be real. Can we do that? But we're going to do that together. And so every week we try to ask a question, maybe even get an answer for that question, a point of tension between us and God. And today's question is, God, were you ever there? God, were you ever there? In 2019, superstar musician Mike Posner decided, I'm going to walk across America. And so he starts in New Jersey and journeys all the way through the States to get to California. It took him six months to walk 2,851 miles. I have one question. Why are you doing that? But he was asked by Time Magazine, what was the hardest part of the journey for you? And he begins to share how that moment between Missouri and Kansas really paralyzed him. He said that in Missouri, the roads began to flood. And so his boots were filled with water and mud. He was tired. Mentally, he thought, if I could just get to Kansas, I'll be good. And so what he started to do, he made Kansas his finish line instead of just a checkpoint. And so he said, if I could just get to Kansas, get to Kansas, get to Kansas. He gets to Kansas. He crosses the state line, and he can't move. I'm talking to people this morning that maybe the last two years, two months, maybe even two days, you're like, Manny, I I can't move. The last two years, two months, or two days have been so difficult. Maybe mentally you are having a tough time. And you can't reconcile. You don't even know the words. Perhaps the last two years, pandemic or not, have been a financial strain on you. Here's the deal, friends. Whether it's you or me, we all know at least one person in our sphere of influence that is struggling right now. And even now, take a moment. Think about that name. Thanks for doing it. This is why we're going to have this conversation and we're going to be real. So what do we do? Today, just for you, I wore these big white pants. Maybe not the best choice. But what I did do, which was a good choice, was wear my walking shoes. Maybe you didn't bring your walking shoes this morning. Here's what I want everybody to do. Put on your spiritual walking shoes right now. Because we're not going to waste 30 minutes together. We're going to walk together. We're not just going to listen. We're going to participate in what God is doing this morning. And so we're not walking alone. We're walking with two followers of Jesus that are on their way to Emmaus from Jerusalem. Luke chapter 24, verse 13. Let's start walking. The Bible says, that same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. And as they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly, I love that word, came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. And so he asks them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? And they stopped 
sadness written across their faces. And one of them, Cleopas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth. In other words, you living under a rock, bro? What things, Jesus asks. The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles, and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. And we had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. And this all happened three days ago. Y'all, what a journey so far. We're not going to make the same mistake that Mike Posner did and, and make finish lines that are fake a reality. What I want us to do, and I'm not a runner, but because we're walking together, we're going to have three checkpoints that we walk into. As the journey intensifies, but we're doing it together, as the content gets heated, we're going to stop and reflect. So I think it's a good time for checkpoint number one. If you're a note taker, write this down. God meets us with mercy in our doubt. Well, we've walked so far in our story. We're hearing about two people. They're walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus. They're discouraged because this guy named Jesus, who they hoped was their blessed redeemer, who they hoped would be the one to bring them salvation from the oppression, they saw him get crucified. Let me ask you this. Have you ever been on your way towards perhaps a concert, a party, maybe a sporting event, and you were so pumped? Whoa, it's going to be awesome. These two people were so excited to get to Jerusalem because it's Passover, an annual festival where we get to celebrate God's faithfulness. Well, obviously the text shows us, the walk shows us that now they're walking away from Jerusalem very differently. Maybe for you, you were on your way to, let's say, a Cowboys game, and you were so excited and expectant. But then, well, the Cowboys did what they do. And they lost. <laughs> Maybe it was a concert and you were hoping it was the best night out. You're with your spouse. But the singer doesn't sing the song. That's y'all's song. Here's the deal. All these things are happening to these two followers. But even deeper. Because they witnessed as the one who was supposed to redeem them gets nailed to a cross and dies before their very eyes. We had hoped. Maybe that's you this morning. Oh, I had hoped that the person that I'm praying for to get healing would be healed by now, but they're not. Oh, but I had hoped that by now my prodigal son or daughter, the person that I'm praying for to come follow Jesus would be in by now, but they're not. Maybe it's you. Maybe you had hoped that by now you would get the answers that you're looking for, but because you didn't. You've embarked on a journey of deconstruction and post-Christian living. I'm either talking to you or somebody that you know. All of us are on a journey. All of us have our baggage. So what do we do? God, you meet us with mercy. What does this even mean? Hmm. Maybe you grew up in church and you've wondered was God ever there at all? And now you find yourself in this place, maybe watching online, and you're like, I still don't got the answers, but I'm here. Thank you for being here. Thank you for showing 
up. Our God that's filled with mercy wants to meet you where you are. It's interesting that Cleopas, when he's talking to Jesus about Jesus, not knowing that it is Jesus, which is interesting, he says, you don't understand. This guy was a prophet, a mighty teacher. He was supposed to redeem our people and he was crucified. And Jesus doesn't condemn him and say, silly goose. That was the nicest thing I can think about in the moment. <laughs> he says, hey, what Jesus? What are you talking about? He's meeting them with, with mercy, allowing them to process their biggest doubts. So what they don't know is that they're talking to the one they're talking about. They're talking to the resurrected Jesus about how poorly Jesus didn't meet their needs. I don't know about you, but that is so me. I'm curious. When you're wrestling with doubt, deep questions that are valid, who do you go to to talk about them? Can I challenge us and say maybe it's rarely ever God himself? That most times we go to echo chambers, people that say what we want to hear and validate how we feel and leave us right where we are. It's cool. I think validation is important. I want you to be believed, but I don't want you to stay there. And so I'm curious if God, like he did to these two followers, is asking you and I today, hey, bud, what are you talking about? And he's not doing it to be condescending or mean. He's doing it to meet us with mercy. He knows what you need. He knows what you're talking about. But he wants to allow you process with me. Talk with me. Let's walk together. I want to illustrate like this. Have you ever seen the show, by a show of hands, Undercover Boss? Undercover Boss, anybody? Oh, the holy ones. Good job. It's not a holy show, but... Uh, for those of us who haven't seen it, here's the premise. The CEO of a company, he decides, he, for the sake of the example, he decides, you know what? I'm going to go undercover. I'm going to get a professional makeover, and I'm going to go be onboarded as an employee in my company. And so he gets onboarded, and he's walking with his employees. He's talking with his employees. And, y'all, he begins to hear albeit things that are hard to hear, things about his leadership that he would have never heard if they knew that he was the boss. Things about workplace culture that need to change, promotions that need to be had because people are in need and have so much gifting. And it doesn't fail. By the end of the week in the episode, I'm crying because the CEO reveals his identity to his staff. And the first thing that happens was he says, it was me. They're like, hey, you know what I said earlier? I didn't mean any of it. Uh, it's cool, you're good. You're not knucklehead, it's all good. They were afraid to be fired. You need to hear me say this. Jesus is not going to fire you for having doubts. He's not going to fire you for questioning. And even further, he's not afraid of your doubts or your questions. We're learning in our text and our walk so far and we're working up a sweat because we're realizing, God, you're not afraid of me. But you would meet me. You meet me. You meet me. And you don't just meet me. You meet me with mercy in my doubt. Thank you, God, for being the way that you are. Jesus shows up and comes alongside these two people and he's walking with them and he's talking with them and he does the same for you. So what makes you think that he's not there for you? Let's keep reading. Verse 22, they said, and then some women from our group of followers were at his tomb early this morning 
and they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing and that they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. And some of our men ran out to sea, and sure enough, his body was gone, just as the woman had said. And then Jesus said to them, oh, you foolish people. You find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And by this time, they were nearing Emmaus and the end of their journey. I love this. Jesus acted as if he were going on, but they begged him, stay the night with us since it's getting late. So he went home with them. All right, y'all, like we say in New York, y'all, this joint is getting hot. Here's what this means. It's intensifying. It's time for our second checkpoint. If you're a note taker, write this down. God guides us into more revelation. God guides us into more revelation. Uh, Let me unpack this. There's two followers that are, are Hebrew, meaning they grew up knowing the writings of Moses and the prophets like the back of their hand. Jesus, why are you taking them through a Bible study on this walk? They know it. Can I build some tension? What if they knew it in their mind, but it hasn't traveled 18 inches to get to their heart? Friends, they knew all the things that Jesus was showing, but watch this. There are over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament that point to Jesus. You know that? Did you also know that the Bible that you and I read today is made up of one-fourth prophetic literature? What does this mean, Manny? I'll tell you. That for over a millennia, God has been revealing himself to us, but we just haven't been seeing it. So it can't be him. It needs to be us. Uh, Perhaps our paradigms are too small. Our traditions box him in, and we just continue to wrestle and play in our sandbox when God is like, will you come out of that already? What are you talking about? Perhaps these Hebrew followers needed to know For the first time in a long time, that belief in the mind isn't enough. You have to reconcile it in your heart. A lot of other Bible translations, when Jesus says, oh, you foolish people, it reads, oh, you slow of heart to believe. Oh, Manny, I know this story. I grew up in church. Cool. Is God in you, though? You could be in church and God not be in you. You could read the scriptures, but the scriptures not read you, and you're missing it. Remember, we're walking together. We could do hard things. And and so what God does, he guides them deeper, more revelation, more I want you to know me. You know, one of the texts that I'm sure Jesus recited to these two followers was written prophetically 700 years before Jesus. Isaiah 53, I have it here for you. Listen to this. The prophet writes, he was despised and rejected. A man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weakness he carried. Come on, church. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. 
We have left God's paths to follow our own, yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. Somebody say amen this morning. Maybe you're here and you're already thinking about somebody. The name is coming to mind. Oh, man, it's that person on the road. It's my son, it's my daughter, it's my neighbor, it's my family member. It's the person I used to worship with in this place. And and perhaps instead of meeting them with mercy, you're judging them. How dare you walk away from God? How dare you say no? After all the time that we spend together in God's word, stop it. Our text is showing us God meets them with mercy in their doubt. And he doesn't stop there. God is guiding them into more revelation. One of my favorite songs, it's not a Christian song, and uh, I loved it before I was a Christian, so don't judge. But I want to perform the hook for you. It goes like this. And yo, I am whatever you say I am. And if I wasn't, then why would I say I am? In the paper, the news, every day I am. And I don't know, it's just the way I am. Thank you. (laughs) The artist of this song, he's saying one simple message in frustration. You don't know me. Oh, you know about me because you read about me in the paper. Oh, you read about me in the news. Oh, you see me on social media. But you don't know me. You don't know me. I feel the Holy Spirit. Oh, you grew up in church. Every single Sunday, the doors were open, you were here. Every single Bible study, you sat in it and you learned. Oh, you didn't cuss. Oh, you did it right. You know about Jesus. I'm wondering if Jesus is asking you today, but do you know me? Do you know me? Oh, you know about me, but do you know me? Have you allowed your history with me to limit what I can do? These two Jewish people needed a Bible study. And they know the Bible better than you and me, but Jesus was like, oh, but you don't get it, boo. You don't get it. Let me me teach you what you already know, but show you that I've been here every step of the way. Even when I wasn't here, I'm here. I'm curious if we're open. If we, like Alexandra prayed, can have our hearts and mind open and say, God, I've been following following you for decades, but God, forgive me if I think I've arrived at the finish line. Forgive me, God, if I think I I know it all. God, I'm open to wonder. I'm open to more revelation. Would you guide me into deeper? God is more powerful than you give him credit for. God is more beautiful than your eyes have ever seen. God is more. And he wants to be more inside of you. What does the scripture tell us? In order for him to increase, we must decrease. Do you know That if you put on Christ in baptism, if you believe in Jesus, that you have the same spirit that rose him from the grave living inside of you. Do you know that? Let me rephrase that. Maybe you know that. Has it traveled to your heart? Have you lived in it? Have you walked in it? Do you wake up every morning and say, good morning, Holy Spirit. I'm done playing church, God. I'm done doing this fake Christianity. It won't survive. It won't survive the times. Too many of us find ourselves on the road thinking that we're bad people. Stop it. Here's why. You cannot be deeply disappointed in someone you never believed in. You missed it. I'll say it again. 
You can't be profoundly disappointed in someone you never believed in. In other words, you can have expectation. Oh, God, I had hoped. I had hoped that you would pull up and answer this prayer. And what actually happens is I'm looking around. God, my prayer, the way I wanted it to happen and the time I wanted it to happen, the way I wanted it to happen didn't happen. And so the gap between expectation and actuality is how far we fall in disappointment. Did you see that? You're not wrong for being disappointed, but stay open because perhaps your expectations was just too small for God in the first place. You know, sometimes God shows up directly to us. Say, hey, I'm here. Sometimes he uses somebody. Maybe he wants to use you for that name you keep thinking about. Exchange judgment for mercy. Exchange distance for guiding and walking with. Sometimes an encounter with his presence because God is here. So it could happen for you right now. You don't have to wait another moment. Right now. Matter of fact, here's what we're going to do. I know I'm preaching a sermon, but Holy Spirit is more important. I sense I need to pray. Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking you to encounter everybody under the sound of my voice. God, it is not about words. It is not about me delivering a crafted message. Holy Spirit, we're nothing without you. And I'm asking for everybody, God, will you break us out of our own limitations? God, in the ways we've put you in a box to say, God, you're too small. Father, you will always not answer our questions if you're too small for our obstacles. God, forgive us. We take you out of our box. And we say, God, speak to us now. I don't need music. I don't need a preacher. God, if you love me and know me, forgive me for not listening. I'm listening now. Speak to me, show me, guide me, lead me right now. Right now, not tomorrow, not next Sunday, no, now. In the name of Jesus, amen. This is what God does, friends. He wants to guide us into more revelation. He wants to interrupt your life. Will you let him? He wants to interrupt your routine. He wants to come and walk with you and talk with you. You don't have to change, son. You don't have to change, daughter. Just walk. Just walk. Let's finish our story. Verse 30. As they sat down to eat, he, Jesus, took the bread and he blessed it. And then he broke it and then he gave it to them. Suddenly, their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. Are you kidding me? We walk seven miles, and you're undercover boss, and now you break up. Come on. Let's keep reading. I don't have a lot of time left. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road? Where? On the road. On the road. And explained the scriptures to us. And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. There they found 11 disciples and the others who had gathered with them who said, the Lord has really risen. He appeared to them as they were walking along the road and how they had recognized him as he was breaking the bread. And just as they were telling about it, listen to this, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. Whew. All right, our second checkpoint, it just had us power walk to our third because we need it because it's about to get intense. Third checkpoint, God allows us to see the miraculous. God allows us to see the miraculous. Oh, these two followers were in the room. 
Yo, y'all don't believe what happened. Jesus pulled up. He showed us. Ah, that was crazy. As soon as they began to share their testimony, hope walked in the room. And hope didn't use a door. And the first words out of the mouth of hope, they weren't judgment. Peace be with you were the words. I'm curious if there are people in our lives, like the women in our text, that are bringing us amazing reports. Oh, I know you're struggling. You're on the road. But, man, let me share my testimony with you. I'm curious if anybody is sending us a worship song or a sermon or some scripture. But instead of listening and considering, we're like, no, I'm done. I don't want to hear it. Ain't it interesting that before Jesus appears and shows himself to these two guys, they had heard back in Jerusalem from women, hey, the tomb is empty. And they still chose to leave. I have good news for you, friends. Even if you still choose to leave church, still choose to leave the arms of a father that loves you so much, you're not too far where he can't reach you. He may be meeting you on the road right now. Oh, but I don't know. You don't get it. God isn't there for me. What have you been staring God in the face this whole time and you just don't know it's God? It's easy for us to look at these two followers and say, come on, Jesus is right there. They can't see him. What if he's been there with you and for you every stumble and step of the way? You just couldn't see him. Think about those names. Oh, God, we're asking you for those people that we're thinking about right now. God, forgive us for the way we judge them, Lord, and push them further away. We're asking you to meet them in their doubt with mercy right now. Guide them into deeper revelation. And Holy Spirit, in your mercy, would you allow us to see the miraculous. Friends, the first people that the resurrected Jesus revealed himself to were not famous followers. They weren't preachers or rabbis or priests. They were ordinary followers who, watched this, were walking away from the place they should be, discouraged and in doubt. If those are the first people that the resurrected Jesus is going to reveal himself to, why not me and you? Oh, you have doubt today? You have discouragement today? Cool. Jesus is going to pull up on you. That's what our walk says. That's what our text says. I think it's so powerful that after journeying with them for so long, Jesus finally allows them to see I'm alive. And even further, I've been here this whole time. When he disappears this time, even though I was frustrated reading our text, they don't feel disappointment. I would imagine they put their sandals back on and literally, have you seen a power walk? Power walked. Have you seen it? It's usually middle-aged people that do it, but it's intense. I would imagine they didn't walk towards Jerusalem the same way they walked away. Don't miss this. This walk is different. This walk is different. An encounter with Jesus changes us. Oh, it changes the way we walk. It changes the way we talk. I may not have all the answers yet, but these two followers, they didn't need it. They saw him. They saw, they saw him. And that was enough for them. Is it enough for you? Yeah, maybe you still have those questions and they're valid. Maybe you still have the discouragement. That's valid. But if Jesus were to pull up in front of you and say, I've been here the whole time, beloved, 
Would that be enough? For these two followers, they absolutely book it back to Jerusalem in the nighttime to get there and share the news. An encounter with Jesus changes us. It exposes us. Our limited paradigms, our preferences, our traditions that for too long have limited God's capacity because we want to stay comfortable. We want to be able to explain away our faith. Oh, this happened because this, because this, because this. I love you, but I don't want to follow a God that you could explain fully. I want to be able to follow a God that leaves room for whimsy and wonder. I want to follow a God that I'm like, here's what I know about his character. There's so many prophecies. He's been trying to talk to us for a millennia. I know this, but all of this about God, all I know is that the word says, I would never know how wide, how deep, how far, how wide is his love for me. Search me, oh God. Know my heart. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any wicked way within me and lead me in the way everlasting. I love that prayer from the psalmist. An encounter with God changes us. Maybe it was his word. Maybe it was somebody in this room that got some boldness during service and said, you know what? I feel led to pray for him or her. I'm going to go. I'm not going to wait for the prayer team or the prayer room. I'm going to go pray. And God used you to encounter your neighbor An encounter with God changes us. In short, an encounter with God makes our hearts burn. Uh, One preacher said, Jesus gives us heartburn, the good kind. I thought that was weak. (laughs) Another preacher, my pastor, Rick Ashley, he said this. If your hope is in a what, disappointment is inevitable. Hope is a who. Hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. He's pretty good, that Rick guy. (laughs) Friends, you see, when the two from Emmaus were journeying, did you notice this? Their hearts began to burn on the road. Not when they got to their destination. Here's where we mess up. We say, God, if you only do this, then I'll do that. God, if you only answer my question, then I'm in. What if that destination that you've made in your mind is a false one? What if? Your heart is already burning on the road even though you have doubt and insecurity. Oh, you think you got to clean your life up, get your sins together, then come to God? Stop it. The beauty of the gospel is that while we were still yet sinners, Christ died for our sins. We didn't deserve it or earn it. Jesus did it, period. You're welcome. That's the gospel. All of us. Nobody is too far. No road is too long. No doubt is too heavy for my God. Their hearts burned on the road. I put it this way. Jesus showed up on the road, revealed himself in Emmaus, and then he did the miraculous in Jerusalem. God is always here every step or stumble of the way. Last Sunday, I was preaching in West Fort Worth, and one of my friends at West Fort Worth, he came to open up a door for me because I didn't have the key. And I saw, a, like, a limp in his walk. And I'm like, hey, bro, you good? And he's like, yeah, I'm good. I just got some knee pain. And I could have said, I'll be praying for you, man. Cool. I could have said, hey, here's a pain relief pill. <laughs> and those two things would have been fine. I had just finished preaching this message in that moment. And I said, no, I want to I walk out what I preach and so God, I was like, I want to see the miraculous. So I said, bro, I came back. Can I actually 
pray for you right now? And so I got on one knee and I touched his knee and I said, God, it's a minute, two-minute prayer. God, by your stripes we are healed. Your Bible says that you want us to feel no pain. God, please, in Jesus' name, heal him. Amen. So the skies didn't open, rain didn't fall. It was just like, all right, bro, peace. <laughs> the next morning I get a text from him and I want to read it to you, all caps, no pain. Thanks for praying. Praise God. Here's why I share this story. God is not going to wait to do the miraculous. He's going to do it with you or without you. It's not me, friends. It's not me. Oh, if you only knew. Every day I'm like, God, please, new mercies. We need to realize God wants us in the game. Even if we're on the road walking full of shame back to Emmaus. What if Jesus is walking beside you the whole time and you just haven't even realized it yet? What if he's always been there? What if he wants you to see the miracle? What if he wants you to show up, share your faith like these two followers did, and in a moment, suddenly, hope is going to walk in the room and not just prove you right, because it's not about that, but he's going to do more than you expected. Oh, they expected Jesus not to die. They expected him to be the redeemer, and so they were discouraged, but God was like, ha, ha, ha. Break that expectation. I'm not only your redeemer. I'm not only your healer. Come on, church. I am the one that said I will always be here, never leave you nor forsake you. I'm here, and you have me. The spirit of God dwells inside of you, church. It's time that you get activated, get in the game. It's okay that you don't got it all together. That's why you need the Holy Spirit. I want to see the miraculous Lord. Even if you walked in here today with disappointment and doubt as your best friends, hear me, God has more in store for you. It may not be money. It may not be the answers to your questions. It may not be status. But here's what it's always, hear me, always, it's always more mercy. That's a promise. It's always more guidance. That's a promise. And it's always more spiritual vision. God, I want to see you. Some of us could be looking right at God and not see God because our box is too small. Yours is the word earth and everything in it. Have you seen God in your life? He's there. God, give us the eyes to see you there. There are three things I want you to do this week, this week, because this was not 30 minutes of wasted space. There's three things that we're all going to do this week. Here's number one. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal himself to you as you read the scriptures this week. Maybe it's you driving your kids to school and you got to like listen to the, the Bible app. Great. Before you press play, Holy Spirit, will you speak to me? And maybe it's you at your cubicle real quick before you start a meeting, just a verse of the day on your app or on your Bible. God, before I read this one verse, this one verse, will you speak to me? Try that. It's time that the Holy Spirit speaks to you through his word. Second thing I want you to do, I want you to tell God to give you eyes to see him this week. I, I don't want you to miss it anymore. In the sun sets and sun rises. Oh, as you hold a newborn child and stare in their eyes as you look at a loved one. I want you to see the Imago day. I want you to see God. Don't miss it. God, I want to see you this week. Here's the last thing. I want you to pray for the miraculous to happen in your midst this week. Oh, it may be weird and awkward. <laughs> you may get on one knee and pray and get a text that said, I'm actually worse. You're like, well, praise God. 
It's not about us, friends. I tried. I leaned in. I wanted to see it. I just want you to hear me. Please hear me. You have not because you ask not. That's Bible. That's not me. Lean in. God, I want to see the miraculous in the land of the living. Will you do it if it's in your will? Because then I could continue my journey and say, man, that didn't not happen because I didn't pray. It didn't happen because I just don't understand. I want us to be that kind of church. You know, when Mike was asked, how did you make it through that devastating time? In Kansas, when you arrived and your body couldn't move and you still had so many states to go, but your body felt like you were done. He said this, it never gets easy. The whole way, it hurts. But your mind gets better at dealing with things that aren't easy. And that's a superpower. Most of us are so afraid of feeling pain or being uncomfortable that we try to rig our lives in a way that we never feel those things. And without knowing it, we live our lives inside a tiny sandbox, forgetting that there's a huge, wide wonder world outside of that. Jesus loves you so much that he chose to step into your little sandbox, but he loves you too much to keep you there. He wants you to come. Come be a part of the big story. There's a part for you to play. Uh, David Meyer said at the last service, if you stay at a sandbox long enough, it becomes a litter box. And it's true. Get out of the sandbox. It's for your own good. Stop limiting God's capacity because you're afraid of what you're going to see in the big, wide, wonder world. Stop settling for the little story and enter the big, wide story that God is writing and he wants you to be a part of. So, was God ever there? Maybe he was. Maybe he is. God, I thank you for everybody under the sound of my voice. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to do what only you can do. Father, you are the one that penetrates hearts. You are the one that tears down walls, oh Lord. And I'm asking in the name of Jesus, will you tear down our walls? Will you tear us out of our sandboxes, God? We want to encounter the one true living God. We heard it earlier. Where your spirit is, there is freedom. Freedom is found. Oh, do you have a hurt, a habit, a hanger? But there's freedom in the name of Jesus, God, and we don't want to miss it. Thank you for meeting us with mercy. Thank you that your mercies are new every morning. Thank you that you guide us in to more, not to just know about you, but to know you more. And God, thank you that the miraculous is the business that you're still in. Give us the courage to step into it, to ask bold things of you because you are who you say you are. In Jesus' name, come on, everybody said, amen. amen.